Yes, Lord God, you know about the war. You're the winner of the war. Hallelujah. You have the final word. And we thank you, Jesus, for dying for us, for bringing freedom to our lives, to taking us off the action blocks of hell. And Lord, releasing us from that slavery and bondage to sin. I thank you, Lord God, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your Holy Spirit. Lord, our eyes, many of our eyes have been closed pasted shut with the lies of the, of the enemy. But Father God, I think today, thank you today that you open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts to receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. We thank you for giving us power over all the power of the enemies. Most people don't realize that. But power to loose, power to free, power to, um, to bind, power to forgive. And I thank you, Lord, for the power to forgive that we can release those who have uh, sinned against us. We release the crimes to you, Lord God. We thank you for freedom. We thank you, Jesus, for the revelation of that freedom, true freedom. What are the fruits of real freedom? Lord God, even as we have come in and through the 4th of July, when we think about independence and we think about freedom, Lord God, help us to think about the internal freedoms that you have died to give us, Lord. And we thank you for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you for wisdom and thank you for counsel and thank you, Lord God, for uh, guiding our words today and causing us to speak as the oracles of God. In Jesus' name, amen. That means, by the way, we're speaking as the words of God. And before we get started today, let's do a quick reminder uh, about liferecovery.com. Liferecovery.com, your main source for really good stuff. Truth about God's word, uh, some of it very creative and powerful, some of it very intense and serious. But whatever you're looking for, whether it's on healing or freedom or hope, or joy, or spiritual warfare, or deliverance, you're going to find it there. So check it out, liferecovery.com. God on Trial is our most um, exciting of all creations. It's an audio drama, and you want to check that out. The episodes are 28 episodes, about $3 a piece. Uh, Good entertainment, good education, awesome to help your children understand about the war. Amen. Okay. Amen. Well, we're talking about freedom today. Yeah. And and we're not talking about uh, you know political freedom and uh, you know there's a there's a lot said about freedom. We want to be free to do this and free to do yeah. that. But we're talking today about internal freedom. Yes. Freedom inside your heart, inside your mind, inside your spirit. Yeah. Um, we we don't you know we don't know. Um, much about that freedom. We don't know much about the internal, whom the sun sets free is free indeed concept. We, we, because we're so busy pushing for our external rights, and, um, but if we're not free inside, everything you might do on the outside is only an illusion of freedom. Because, you know, you can have the freedom to, to choose red or, or black, or you can have the choosem, freedom to eat here or there. And some of us have really experienced, I think in the world, a real cutback in freedom these days, mm-hmm. our mo- our movements, our motions, our words, our conversations, our freedom of speech, um, wherever th- there's been a real 
binding up. Satan is really kind of pulling the net in right now mm-hmm. on those external freedoms and is causing people, hopefully, to realize that that is just the beginning of what he intends to do. And so we see people raising up, speaking out. That's great. But the the freedom we're talking about today has to do with the inside. And going to John eight thirty two, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free or set you free. So freedom really comes from Jesus and Jesus is the truth. Freedom Truth equals freedom. So when you know the truth, you will walk in the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Um, and it is his word. He says, if you abide in my word, if you continue in my word, you are, you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So knowing the truth causes us to walk in that freedom. As we abide in Christ, rest in him, trust him. You know, really, the gospel sets people free. People think, oh, I, you know, when I first heard about the gospel a long time ago, I thought, I can't be that good. I can't give up that much freedom. I can't, you know, I mean, I want to live my life. I want to have control over my life. And I didn't realize that real freedom comes from surrendering, you know, dying, giving up, abiding in Jesus, coming to him. And, you know, people don't realize anything much about that anymore because it all has been flipped upside down. And Satan talks about freedom in ways that uh, are totally foreign uh, to to the believer and foreign to the truth. What is the definition of freedom, Jerry? Well, if you look at a dictionary, you know, it's a state or equality of being free. Yeah, right. Imagine that. That's but, helpful. But it means exemption or liberation from the control of some other person or some arbitrary power. Or entity. Yeah. Uh, freedom it, from it, the control it, of it, an entity. Right. It's okay. exemption it. from arbitrary restrictions on a you know specified specified right okay um it's exemption or immunity from a specified obligation or discomfort um you know it's a release from uh from basically it's a release from from what is hindering us bondage and we to go to the issue of bondage we need to go to the issue of sin and jesus is talking again let's go back for a second to romans i mean sorry we'll go there in a second let's go to john again john 8 31 and 32 jesus said you if you abide in my words you are my disciples indeed you shall know the truth the truth is such many people think that abiding in jesus is bondage they think that that makes me restricts me and i cannot do all these things that I want to do and experience and express myself and live my life. And so they opt out of abiding in Jesus to go on their own way. And when you do that, you leave the way, the path of Jesus Christ, the path of truth and freedom. So Satan has made everything look like fun, that freedom equals fun. Fun is freedom. I am free to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And nobody's going to tell me what to do. But they don't realize, again, that is an illusion of freedom because if your heart isn't free, if you're not free from sin, if you're not you know, in the peace of God, the joy of God, and, and experience the freedom of the, the fruits of the Spirit, you're not really free. So Jesus said it comes from abiding, knowing the truth. Truth equals freedom. So here's the premise of everything uh, that I actually do in counseling. And like, you know, uh, the truth is if you are in a bondage, if you are in a bondage to anything, whether it's an addiction or, or pain or bitterness, or um, a lifestyle, or uh, financial issues. Um, if you're in bondage, where you're not really free, you're not experiencing the love of God, the, the, the peace of God, 
then you are believing lies. That's the bottom line. And Jesus said the truth sets us free. So as we walk in him, abide in him, we go into knowing the truth. And he says, goes on, he says, um, he's talking to the, uh, at this point, this is a pretty intense chapter. He's talking to the Pharisees and they're really railing on him, uh, pressing into him, uh, even calling him uh, born of fornication. I mean, we're getting really into the issues here. And then he says, um, he says in verse 34, Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Free from what? Free from sin. What is sin? Sin comes from where? Sin comes from believing the lie. The lie, Believing the lie is taking away our freedom and we're bound to the sin. Jesus says, you've got to get set free from the sin. But before you can do that, you have to know the truth because it is the truth that dissipates, destroys the lie. Well, in our world today, there's very little concept of sin. Or freedom. Most people don't even think about <laughs> mm-hmm. sin is not in somebody's vocabulary. vocabulary missing right. the mark. Uh, Crossing missing, the line. Yeah, and, transgression. And not even truth because mm-hmm. truth sets you free. Oh, okay. Well, my truth is your, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. Whatever I think is true, whatever my opinion is, yeah. is true for me. And that's what I'm going to live And that by. has to be true for you too. Otherwise you're not like me and you're you're, you know, my enemy. So everybody it makes it all scattery and messy. But the, the simple, simple thing is Jesus said, the son sets you free from sin. Who the son sets for sin. So for you who are listening, who understand the old concepts, the true concepts of, of life, eternal life, sin, salvation, the gift of God, abiding, these kinds of concepts, review them in your mind and allow the Lord to let the Holy Spirit guide us into if there's a place where there is yet lack of freedom in your life, where you're believing a lie, because if you're believing the truth, it will set you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so if we go like, um, and you know, most people don't deal with this. They don't dig into this. Your pastors probably aren't going to talk to you about sin. Some of them might, if you've got one that's really uh, awesome, you know, in the word. But in Romans chapter seven, uh, Paul is dealing with this lack of freedom and he starts with, uh, you know, he, the whole chapter, 7 and 8. He's talking about what, what's really going on. He says, um, verse 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So he's talking about being a slave, sold under sin. Who sold me? How did I get sold under sin? Well, we were born under sin. We are born under the, the, uh, the, the judgments that Satan brought upon us through the original sin. Actually, it was the second sin. Satan did the first sin. But we're, we're, we're born there. That's where we find ourselves, in that condition. We may be born into a free country, supposedly, um, but we're still not free because he's, Paul goes on to say, for I, what I'm doing, I do not understand. What I want to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. In other words, I'm not free to do what I really want to do. I'm not doing what I really want to do. I don't understand it. I don't get it, but I seem to be falling constantly into this thing of doing what I hate, what, what defiles me, what, what makes me feel uh, condemned. And so he says, if then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law of God that it is good. So he's finding out that if he's agreeing with God, he's disagreeing with his behavior and he's saying God's law is good. And this is where the spirit takes us. In the spirit, we know what is good. We know what is right because it's written in our spirit, God's spirit bearing witness with our spirit. And so 
Well, you you're at the place where, say, a person that doesn't even consider the law of God, right? So you're you're in this thing thing where you you want to do it. You know, you have something a behavior. You're trying to quit, but you can't. And we have all you kinds of yeah. And then we have all kinds of condemnation because we don't have enough willpower. We don't have enough faith. We don't have enough. Uh, you know, we need to try harder. We need to uh, you know whatever finish the course, complete the program, whatever. Or, and when or, we fail, that brings us to condemnation. Right, and we look at it. Well, it is what it is. I mean, I guess then just, we give up. Just yeah. the way it is, mm-hmm. and nobody's perfect, and. You know, I just just go on in this um, hatred bondage. of self. It's really Satan has set, set up the whole world to run under be under the counsel and def- definition of behavior. You are defined according to Satan by what you do, and if you fail, and you, you you're you're not okay. And but God set the whole world up to run under the truth of our being, create, created in His image, originating in heaven. But so Paul goes on to say, um, in verse sixteen. So I, I'm practicing what I hate. Um, he agrees with the law of God that it is good. Um, then he says in 17, but now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. This is exactly contrary to the gospel that most people hear. It is no longer I who do it. The, the gospel that we hear is you need to take responsibility. You need to fix it. You need to do this and that and do more of this and less of that. You need to, need to, need to. You should, should, should. And Paul is saying, it's not me who's doing it. It is the sin that dwells in me. Well, where did that sin come from? That sin came from, from Satan. It came from uh, the, 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 the we're being set up under the counsel, the law of sin and death. And that's why we're in bondage, sold under sin. He says, verse 18, for I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform it is perform what is good, I do not find. In other words, he's saying, in my flesh, he's not saying your flesh is bad. The, the Bible actually says there's, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. But he says, in my flesh dwells something that is not good. He says, it's present with me. And the one who wants to do good, I want to do good. Why do you want to do good? Because you're built by God to want to do good and love goodness. And he says, but for to will is present with me, I want to do it. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. I cannot figure it out. I seem to miss it. I seem to not be able to behave properly or figure out how to be good. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I do not will to do, that I practice. Is that not the truth? Yeah, it's like, well, I want to do the right thing, but I find myself just getting pulled down and and, and doing something again and again. Try to quit. You make a resolution. You know, go to the group. Um, you know, mm-hmm. hear the sermon, mm-hmm. go to the altar, and get it, frustrated. And, it, and, it, and you're frustrated; it's still there. And then finally, it's just like, well, that's just the way it is. You're going to live in this constant struggle, mm-hmm. or you're just going to say, "Forget it. Yeah. I'm not going to try even uh, serving God anymore." Mm-hmm. It's you know, like they said in the um, old covenant, um, there were times where the the people of Israel said. It's vain to serve God. Why even bother mm-hmm. serving God? Well, I think that's a big issue these days, even with Christians. Why bother? It doesn't work. And this is, why doesn't it work? Because you're actually listening to the wrong gospel. You're trying to behave properly. You're trying to be good. Jesus never said, try, try to, to be, be good. good. <laughs> he said, follow me. And he never, you know, 
used the word trying and he never told them to be good. That w- if that would be the issue and the point of the whole purpose of his coming, don't you think he would have said it at least once, try to be good? He said there's none good but one, and that is God. He said all in Romans, we all have sinned. We've all failed. We've all become slaves. We've all become accountable under sin. Satan has captured all of us, he says. And then, you know what, the, but this is a horrible thing, what Paul is talking about here. Well, it's horrible because, you know, we think, okay, we have a free will. God given has yeah. given us, in a sense, a free will, but how free is our free will if we're under the um, law of sin, if we're under the influence of the enemy? Well, how so, free is our free will if we're living under the counsel of the lie? Yeah. Because we're we're going to exercise our free will according to a lie, and it's not going to bring us to freedom, and then we're going to get frustrated and then we're, we're going to not find the good that we want to do. We're not going to find the goodness of God, the truth of God, the freedom of God, the, the joy of serving the Lord. He says in verse 19, For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, I practice. And this is exactly the horrible bondage people are in. This is where freedom needs to come into this, the bring the revelation of what's really going on here. And it's not... Freedom does not come from trying harder. Freedom does not come from being good. Freedom does not from, come from uh, any of our own concepts and reasons. It comes from the word of God, the truth of God, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And as we abide in him, even though abiding, you've committed yourself to abiding in that place of abiding in his word. That is where pure freedom, truth, joy, liberty comes from. So, you know, there's a mis- the misunderstanding of freedom is like, I'm going to think what I'm going to think. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Uh, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I'm going to be who I am. I'm just going to do what I think I want to do. You know. Well, that's what uh, Satan uh, says is well, freedom. Well, that's what it is. That's what Satan says freedom is. If I can just mm-hmm. do what I want to do, think what I want to think. Go where uh, I want to f- go. Go where I want to go. Yeah. If that's freedom. But that's... That's, really an illusion. A, it's an illusion. It's an illusion, and, and, and it's a distraction, because if you think you're free and you're not free, then you're really bound. Um, so Paul is struggling here with practicing what he knows he wants to, in his spirit. He wants, he wants good. And in verse 20, he says, If now, now, N-O-W, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. Woe and woe, what did he just say? It is something's acting in me, causing me to do what I don't want to do, getting me in trouble, and it's called sin, and it dwells in me. And he says, if it's ca- and, and, but, but the, the, the counterfeit gospel says, oh, yeah, well, you just got to get rid of it. You got to try hard. It's just the flesh. You know, you got to... And yet they talk about the flesh, but they live in the flesh pretty much constantly and don't even recognize they're living in the flesh. He said, it is the sin that dwells within me. I find, he says, a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. So there's... Side by side, going on inside of us, there's a war. And in that war, which operates out of our soul, it operates under the, the, he would call it, in a few seconds, he'll call it the body of death, the body of sin and death, the operating systems of hell, sin and death that promote not freedom, but the illusion of freedom that causes us to sink deeper into the bondages that are very um, hidden at first, but that truly come to destroy, entangle, ensnare our lives. He says, he says, okay, he says, what am I going to do now? He says, it's no longer I who do it. I'm not doing it, but I see it. I see what's happening. I find that law. Evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. So right inside of you, your desire for good is at war with the, with the evil that's present within us. Well, it's a law. It's like the law of gravity. It's like, uh, 
we can't get away from the law of gravity here on uh-huh. earth. It's mm-hmm. there. It's something that everybody is subject to it. And, and the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yeah, that's right. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. According to his spirit, he is delighting as we all are. If you listen to your spirit, you have a spirit. The Holy Spirit is talking to your spirit. And if you listen, you will realize, and of course, you already know, K-N-O-W, that you delight in God's will, God's law, because you know in your spirit, it's right. God put that there as a kind of a guidepost to keep us straight and on and knowing what's the truth. Well, as we're created in the image of God, deep within us, we know what's right. Because we're made by God. Be- because we're made in mm-hmm. the likeness and image of God. So th- we, we want to do what's right. Basically there, mm-hmm. that desire to be right, to do right, is, is innate to us, but what happens, it just gets overwhelmed uh-huh. by all the lies, lies of the enemy mm-hmm. and by all the, the distractions, garbage, the mm-hmm. garbage and distractions mm-hmm. that come to us that accumulate mm-hmm. in our lives and just, just kind of bury us in, in, in the lies and the, and the habits and And so when we're, when, we're, when we're buried and overwhelmed in the lies and the opinions of others, you know, our first panic reaction is to try to dig out of it ourselves and try to fix things and make them right rather than settle down and go to God and say, God, please help me, deliver me. Because Paul says here, ultimately, he, he comes to that conclusion. He says, but I see another law in my members. This is the war, going the law, warring against the law of my mind or my heart, my spirit, I should say, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Again, he's just repeating what he just said, that there's this war going on inside of me, the one who wills to do good. I'm war. There's a war. And that's why we, the peace is evasive. That's why we can't settle down. That's why it's hard to rest because that war between your, your soul and your spirit goes on. That debate goes on pretty much constantly until we decide I'm going to listen to the spirit of God. I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to not go with reasoning, logic, that, and fear and the promotions of the enemy through my soul because this, the death body of death operating software operates in our soul, mind, will, and emotions, not in our spirit, because God's spirit bears witness with our spirit. So we have this war between the spirit and the soul. He says, um, so this war is going on. And then he says in verse 24. Well, he said, oh, wretched man that I am, Mm -hmm. who will deliver me? From this body of death. In other words, who will set me free? Right. And it's like I'm in an like in an impossible situation. Right. Trapped. I, I I am I am trapped. There's is there any way out? Mm-hmm. Who who can bring me out of this? Is it possible to mm-hmm. get out of this? Mm-hmm. But then he says in verse twenty five, he sees the way out. Well, wait. Back in twenty four, oh wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? He's actually at this point. He, if he really was promoting a gospel of good works, he should have said, "Okay, guys, you know, get let's, motivated. Let's, let's go. Good. Let's let's try harder to climb this mountain again. You know, we can do it." All that motivational stuff. But he didn't say that. He says, "Oh, wretched man that I am." He was saying, "Wow and whoa, this is not going to work. Who's going to deliver me now?" When we get into the place of entrapment, whether it's through an addiction or a, a mindset or pain or sickness or a bitterness, what we try to do because we're in that overwhelmed, panic, anxious state is we try to try harder. We dig deeper. We, um, uh, you know, take a class, t- join a group, um, go to treatment, um, 
you know, work the program. And then you have all these cheerleaders who are cheering you on to work the program harder, harder, harder. And Become it's very, it's un- very unsatisfying. I mean, yeah, some people go to treatment and they finally get the revelation of Jesus Christ and they get set free or they somehow, it is the truth that sets them free, whatever and however it comes through the program or outside of the program, they get the revelation of truth because it is the truth about what's really going on that sets us free from the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, and the failure, because those are all from hell. So he says, oh, wretched man that I am. Now, here's an interesting thing. He's a wretched man who later on in Philippians, etc., tells us to rejoice and give thanks in everything. So he says, in, in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. So he really realized that it's more than feelings. It's more than what it looks like. There is a deeper peace that you can have in spite of what it looks like. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What is he thanking God for again? Um, Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Exclamation point. What? So Jesus delivers us from this body of death. A deliverance means freedom. Brings us into freedom. The revelation of Jesus Christ brings us to that deliverance, brings us to that freedom. And it's it's not a magical thing. Actually, deliverance comes most of the time through complete surrender. If you're in a, in a place where you've been beaten down, cornered, giving up, mad at God, you think, because the devil tells you you're mad at God, or all kinds of other things, over, just, I mean, overwhelmed can look in like so many different things. The key and the same solution for all of the problems is to surrender it to God. Say, God, I can't do this. That's the key to freedom. God, I cannot do this. I cannot deliver myself. I cannot be good enough. I cannot stop this panic attack from happening. I cannot, um, uh, you know, get my heart right. I cannot. I am a slave to this thing until you give me the revelation. And the revelation is whom the sun sets free is free indeed. This is in the past now. You may experience it in the present, but it was taken care of over 2,000 years ago. So your issue, if you realize that your issue, whatever it is, was taken care of 2,000 years ago, then it is in the past, even though you're, you're, you're you know, wrestling with it in the, in the present, the revelation that it's been finished, it's finished, is freedom. He says it's through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. There's where the deliverance is, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in, in jumping into Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation because, you know, you're yes. in condemnation, right? Mm-hmm. I can't do anything. I want to do right, but I can't. I fail all the time. Mm-hmm. What does that lead to? Condemnation, right. failure. And that inner voice can kind of adds to that. Oh, yeah. You failed. You did it wrong. And then you try to do something right to make up for something you did <laughs> wrong or something wrong that happened to you. Um, but hold on one second. So when people are condemned... You know, they're trying to, usually they're feeling condemned inside, but they're looking for someone from the outside, you know, either to condemn them or to pardon them. And so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work, you know, you, the, because the condemnation, the internal voices of the enemy through your soul, your mind, your will, d- push people down and keep them for, in bondage. In other words, here's a bondage. I have to do something. I have to do this to make up for my failures or to make up, from my past experiences uh, that, or to have, prove, that have hurt me, or to mm-hmm. prove something. That I'm good. I have to do something to make up for so, it. I have exactly, to achieve. I have to be a super, right. an overachiever. Right. I have to do this and do this and do that. Well, yeah, it's like we have to prove our right to be here. We have to prove, 
you know, our legitimacy in Christ. We have to prove that we're worthy, that we're good. And we can't because it keeps falling. We keep falling short and doing stupid things. And then condemnation from other people or from inside keeps saying, you failed, you're no good, try harder. So to prove that I have to be here, to prove that I'm good, that I have a right to be here, to prove that I have a right to your love, because the law of love says, love me, and you don't. So I have to prove and earn uh, and fulfill the conditions of your demands so that you will love me to prove that I'm okay, that I have a right to be here, is like total bondage. Because where do we get our approval from? God. Why, how do we get our approval from God? Just by be who, being who he says we are. Just by his creating us, we're, we're approved yeah. of. He chose us. He yeah, called us from the foundation it. of the world. And so just kind of wrapping this up here for, for today, but it says, um, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, if you think of the law, okay, there's a law of gravity, right? And there's a multi-ton 747 sitting on the tarmac, okay? Gravity says that this thing is not going anywhere. Right. But Surely there, not going up. But there are the laws of aerodynamics and thrust and everything like that. There's engines there where that that plane flies. It'll get up to thirty five, you know, thirty five thousand feet. It's it's flying. It's got a law of uh, aerodynamics, um, thrust, and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's 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 defying, gravity is defying still, the gravity law. is still there, yeah, pulling on it. But the, there's a, a law that is superseding mm-hmm. as long as it's in the air. There's that law that's superseding the uh, law of gravity. And so as long as we're walking in the spirit, we are superseding the law of sin. And Until death. the people discovered the law of aerodynamics, they were, were had to live on the ground and move on the ground slowly and with much pain and labor. But when we move in the spirit, you have a thrust. You're actually carried up by the resistance you know, you go into the resistance, you go into the, and the wind comes up under your wings. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, that's how we, I guess resistance then is a good thing because it carries us up into the spirit of God. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of the spirit of life supersedes, over, overpowers um, the law of sin and death. That, that law of sin and death still operates inside the soul of every believer, even unto the time when we die and are set free, but the but but we don't have to be under it. We can still live in the law of the spirit of freedom. It says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, because we're always being tw- tricked and lied to and deceived. That's what the flesh, it believes, lies. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and condemned sin in the flesh. And so all he and the righteous, so all God asks us to do now is to believe him, that he did it, he finished it, that freedom comes from voluntarily continuing to abide in his promise, in his word, in his truth, even though it doesn't look like it's going anywhere, it doesn't look like it's going to work, it doesn't look like God's really coming back. By the way, Jesus Christ is coming back very soon. Uh, that in the middle of danger and temptations and confusions, the enemy is trying to knock us off that road of truth or that belief in the truth to keep us from the word of truth 
but the word of God's truth, his word is a place of shelter and abiding and, and protection. So if you are troubled and need a place of protection and refuge, get back into the word of God and don't read it with your religious glasses on. Take them off and just sit still and be quiet and ask the Holy Spirit to show you and read it slowly because um, Jesus Christ is the only hope and way to freedom. Because the lot, go ahead. Yeah, it's what God did. Right. right. It's he not did. what we do, it's what God did for yeah. us. And then Romans 8, it's all about freedom. It's all about following the Spirit of God. It's all about being free from the law of sin and death through the death of Jesus Christ. He paid the price. I am not required to pay that penalty anymore. I am free. My righteousness comes from him. The blood of Jesus Christ and his shed blood uh, sets me free. And when the devil comes and accuses you of not being free and not uh, doing it right and blah, 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 uh, just tell him, I, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm following Jesus. And tell the devil to shut up. Because here's the bottom line, bottom, bottom line. How do you know if you're really in freedom? If you have righteousness, peace, and joy. The fruits of freedom are righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, you're, you're peaceful about your righteousness. You're not overwhelmed by failure and sin and, and, and trying hard to quit sinning. You're, you know that your righteousness is from him so you can live in peace. You can have joy because you know that God has done it and that you're not perfect, but your being perfect is not the requirement. The requirement is the perfect sacrifice that Jesus did and our acceptance of that as our payment for sin and our way to freedom and truth. So freedom comes from truth, knowing the truth, knowing the real truth about what's going on and you know the whole understanding of the Bible, the spiritual war for God's goodness, Satan's hatred of us, um, and that we do not have to um, make ourselves righteous because we have righteousness and freedom in Jesus Christ. And the truth is our friend. Jesus, and the, yeah. it, the truth is our friend, and Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and the truth is freedom, knowing the truth. The truth sets us free. So, Father God, it is very simple, actually. I mean, yes, there's sin dwelling in us, and the war goes on inside of us, and the devil makes it all about illusions of freedom, and he's got everybody pretty much going in the wrong direction. But, Lord, it's very simple that you love us, you're here for us, you are the truth, you are the way, you are the life, we can abide in you, you will lead us safely home to heaven, and in the midst of that, you'll give us peace and joy and righteousness. So Father, I pray today that those who are struggling will surrender, that they will receive what they already have. Most people are struggling to get into a room they're already in, so they will receive what you've already given them, and they will abide in it, and they will not uh, negate it or deny it or think it's too easy. They will receive your your gift of truth and love and walk in it and become fruitful for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.